I'm Kate Daniels. Jan Edwards is an author, speaker, and coach. Jan is well known for her leadership skills and has been really dedicated in using all her skills in a critical area that is literally killing kids, certainly the souls of some of our youth, those who are lured into sex trafficking. As January is Sex Trafficking Awareness Month, it's ideal to have Jan join us and guide us with understanding and how we can take action. Jan Edwards, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Thank you, Kate. I really do appreciate the opportunity. And it is just so critically important. I I don't know that we could even say just strongly enough how critically important it is. The work that you are doing along the lines of sex trafficking, saving the lives of our youth, literally, those lives, if not actually their souls being just totally demolished by this horrendous activity that's going on in our country. And I mean, it's stunning, isn't it? It is. It really is shocking. And, you know, Kate, most people think human trafficking is an over there kind of issue. You know, it happens over there. And then that over there could be, you know, overseas, Europe, whatever that is. What people don't know is that according to the National Homeland Security, over 300,000 children a year are lured into this lifestyle right here in the United States. And Jan, isn't it so, here you are located in Florida, we're here in the Northwest right along the coast. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that really have a critical role to play in it somehow? Well, you know, sadly enough, Kate... (laughs) People would get shocked when I tell them this. So Florida has the third highest number of calls into the national trafficking hotline. Ohio, which is landlocked, is number four. So it's not so much about is it's near a coastline. It happens in every zip code of every county of this country. And that's really the shocking part. I was, I was pulling up some information about Seattle, and it's estimated that up to 500 teens, some as young as 12 years old, are working as sex slaves every day in King County. And that just, my mind just really goes blank because that Mm -hmm. seems so utterly impossible. But obviously the statistics are there. It is happening right here in our community. Mm -hmm. It is. And, And that's the, you know, a lot of times when I go out and speak, people are kind of left in this one of three spaces. They're in denial, like there's just no way that can happen. And I was right there too, right? That's really what propelled me into really looking more into this, how this was happening, because I just couldn't believe it. And the second space is people get really angry. And that's really what had me write my film. (laughs) Like, hang on a second, this just doesn't work for me. I want to do something about it. And lastly is helplessness. People hear the $32 billion industry, 300,000 children. Who am I to even make a difference? And it really is up to us. It is up to the who am I to make a difference because it's, it's really simple what we can do. And we actually have created a customizable educational program for people. But every time I have a conversation with, with anyone, I share with them a really important phone number to put in their phone. So I'm going to share with your listeners the same phone number. It's the number of the National Trafficking Hotline. And they're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they have access to over 150 languages. 
So really anyone from around the globe can pick up the phone and call. And they go through a quick assessment to see, you know, if it's a victim calling, they'll go through a quick assessment and send someone in very quickly. Or if it's someone calling in that they're observing something. And since I've been speaking about this, every single month I've had someone reach out to me, whether it's via Facebook, text, email, and let me know that they actually use the phone number. So here we go. It's 888-3737-888. Everybody put that in your cell phone. And if you're driving in your car, have somebody write it down so you can put it in your cell phone later. Because this is a really important number for you to have in your phone. It actually could save a life. Terrific. And we'll mention that again a little later on in our conversation. Really critical because you were mentioning how we might be in denial, but getting Mm -hmm. angry and realizing that each of us, we really can do something. It just takes one person to save one particular life. We do not have to be some um, megastar or something. Just caring. That's the big thing here, isn't it? It really is. You know, we spend a lot of time in our cell phones (laughs) and, and that actually disconnects us from people and disconnects us from our surrounding. And so we really encourage people to be aware, be aware of your surroundings. There's a story of a, it was actually in the news, a couple of, of women were out, you know, it was a Friday night, they were catching up after work at a happy hour and they saw a young couple over to the side and it was clearly a first date. And, um, the girl got up and went to the bathroom and the guy she was with put something in her drink. So one girl got up and went to the bathroom and said, you're not going back to that table. The other girl went over to the restaurant manager, let him know what was happening. They called the police and had him arrested. Those women were aware of their surroundings. They were paying attention to what was going on. And that's really all it takes you look up from your phone, you look up from your tablet, and just really kind of be with what's around you, you can actually save someone's life just by being aware. And, and that's one of the things that we really train is to be aware of your surroundings. And, and if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't. And I don't protest for people to go interrupt something and put themselves in danger. I'm a little bit more um, assertive than most, so I don't really have a problem with that. And that, But that's not what I'm talking about. It's just like if you see something doesn't feel right, you can take an action and pick up the phone and call the National Trafficking Hotline. If you're a little bit braver and, you know, it's a young girl with other people around, you can, you know, interrupt it. But we really can. It's one action to save one life really can make a difference. And the fact that there are so many hundreds of thousands of children that mm-hmm. are in this terrible, terrible industry is what it is. It does need to stop. The It's really preposterous that this should happen to our kids. It really is. Now, what are the steps to actually hopefully prevent this from happening? Let's take mm. that angle for a moment if we mm-hmm. can, Jan. Sure, sure. So I did a telesummit last year, the International Freedom Fighters Telesummit, and I interviewed 16 experts from around the world. Almost every single one of them said the same thing. You want to protect your children from this. Spend time with them. Get to know them. Spend that, instead of watching TV together, do a game night. Go out, you know, spend time in family dinner. Go for a walk. Go play a ball game. Go do something with your kids so you're actually with your children. Pay attention to who they're spending time with. 
one of the noticeable signs of trafficking is a whole new group of, fr- of friends in high school. And, and one of the things that Paving the Way is really out to alter is the recruiting tactics that people don't talk about, and that's high school you know, students recruiting other students. And when a parent notices, or if a parent's spending quality time with their children, they really you know, know who their friends are, and all of a sudden a whole new group of people shows up, it's, you know, it, it's just something to notice. You don't want to interrogate your children. Who are these? But you just want to be aware. You know, can I, you know, hey, let's all I'll go over and meet their parents. And if you start to get some resistance from that, those are some of the, the red signs. Those are some of the signals. Um, watching grades drop for no apparent reason. It's not that they're now in an AP English class and they don't get it. It's they're in an AP English class. They are National Honor Society students and they're starting to fail, you know, what's going on. And if you really do spend quality time with your children, you'll start to notice the signs. If gifts all of a sudden show up, you know, brand new purse or, you know, a new jacket or blazer, it's like, well, where did that come from? Who did that, you know, who got that for you? Being able to, um, you know, notice those kinds of alterations. And the, the good news today for at least parents, is schools will notify you if your child's missed school. You, know, you send your child off to school and you expect them to be going to school, and, and if you continually get calls that your child's missing school, that's another, that's another sign. Is they're meeting with someone or they're being with people that don't value the, the, um, the need for education. So those are just three really simple things you can watch for. Um, they're subtle changes because it's beyond the normal teenage transformation that happens you know there's there are normal teenage things every teenager goes through that it's that above and beyond it's the more secretive than normal it's spending far more time in their room and alone than they ever have before it's them losing their passion they used to love dance or they used to love theater they used to love baseball or they used to love sports and all of a sudden they decide they want to quit the team and it's not that they're doing poorly you know, it's those little subtle things like that that has them withdraw from their activities that they love, from the people that care about them, because this, these pimps try to drive a wedge between the victim and their family and their friends or support system so they can isolate them and have them be alone. So they really only trust that one person. That's when they literally lure their, them into this lifestyle because these children think they're in love. Exactly. You were mentioning how it's teens that are recruiting some of the other teens. Are Mm -hmm. these recruiters, we'll call them that, are they actually the ones that are the pimps? Are they hired by someone to kind of do this role? What's going on? Really great question. Um, So I'm going to be a little pragmatic about this for a minute. This is a business. For these people, this is a business. And the product happens to be a human. And and that's the, the piece that a lot of people have a really hard time wrapping their head around, is how can you actually sell another human? And there's, there's pimps, recruiters, and bottoms. And recruiters used to be, used to have to be on their back to earn their pay, to earn their living, to earn not, you know, to not be beaten, to not be threatened, to not be coerced. And so the recruiter's job is to recruit other girls such that they literally don't have to be on their back either anymore or as much. Bottoms actually groom the girls. 
they're part of the the team that pulls these these children in. Kate, I, this is the thing that blows most people away. One person, one child, is worth between two hundred fifty thousand and three hundred thousand dollars a year to pimp. So if you have a, a, they call them a stable. If you have a stable of of five to ten girls, it's a lot of money. You see, drugs is a one-time use, and you have to keep coming back. People, you can sell over and over and over again. And that's why you've got, there's a lot of drug cartels that are getting into this business because it's not traceable. This is a, a crime of shame and embarrassment and fear. You see, once these children are lured in, they're threatened and coerced. If you don't participate, I'm going to hurt your family. If you don't do what I tell you to do, I'm going to hurt your friends. Now, you've got to remember, these are 12, 13, 14-year-old children. Their brains are not fully matured. And for them to have the, the weight of the safety of their family and friends on their shoulder, they're going to do whatever it takes. And so as parents, if we create that safe space and something like this happens, because I've spoken to several trafficking victims and survivors now, they said, first thing they said is I should have gone to my parents. I should have said something to my parents. But they didn't have that kind of relationship that they could have. So it's really important for children to have a safe person for them to, to be with, whether it's a school counselor or a trusted friend or an aunt or hopefully your parents. But that really is, that's, that's one of the quickest ways to avoid the whole lifestyle is if something like this happens, you get invited to a party or an event and you're roofied and something happens to you that night that you would never do. And then you end up with pictures on your phone the next day threatening you that if you don't do what I say, these go viral. For us to create a safe space for our children to be able to go directly to us and go, I screwed up last night, mom. I told you I was spending the night at so-and-so's. I actually went to this party. I didn't know. This is what happened. We need to call. You know, we need to do something. That's a completely different conversation than having to deal with it by themselves. And that's where this awareness, taking the time to have the conversation, is what we are really wanting to underscore this morning is to yeah. really focus in with our kids, have that a relationship hopefully established, but if not, just know how detrimentally serious this is and, and ultimately can kill them, at least kills their soul, which, yeah. which is actually a, a worse kind of situation. But yeah. to have this conversation is what we're saying. It's mm-hmm. going to really be so meaningful in the end. Yeah, you know, it's not like... Kate, I don't know how old you are, but I would assert you're older than 20. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like it when we were kids. Right. It's, it, you know, the worst thing we had to worry about was an unplanned pregnancy. That was like the worst thing. Today, you can literally, you know, one wrong date and it could cost you your life. Because when girls get in this cycle, when girls get in this lifestyle, the the average length of their life is seven years. So if they're recruited at 13, the odds are that they won't make it past, they won't make it to their 21st birthday. 
And that's the sad and tragic part is our, the future of our nation, because these are our children, the future of our nation is at risk. We have no idea the potential these children have. We have no idea, regardless of the socioeconomic, demographic, or psychographic background, because that's the thing about this crime. It knows no boundary. You know, people assume that young girls on the street choose this lifestyle. I promise you, you go into a kindergarten class, a fifth grade class, and a sophomore class and ask them what they want to be when they grow up, prostitution is not on the list. And that's really where we can make the difference is by educating educating parents to be able to have that kind of conversation with their children. Because, look, this is uncomfortable, and I get it. I'm also okay with it because it's disruptive conversations like this that actually start to alter the future. Yes. It's better to be uncomfortable and have an uncomfortable conversation than think of what the other option is. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so that's what we are encouraging now. You have gone a step further in having this documentary and, and other tools that we'll mention. But the documentary film is really a, perhaps another way to have the conversation. It will really open up incredible doors. Yes. I wrote the film in a weekend, and I wrote about things I didn't know. So I'm very clear this was a a divine guidance sort of thing. And when I show the film, I get those three spaces, you know, denial, anger, and helplessness. But when I show it to kids, it evokes something. They want to do something about it because they probably know children in their school that are victims of this. I showed the film at a community college here. And one of the um, people in the audience came up and asked me if they could speak with me. And I said, sure. And we went and had a little snack and, and she thanked me profusely for showing the film and bringing, you know, shining a light on, on this. And, and I said, well, you know, of course you're welcome. And she said, um, I just left the trade. She was only 18. She said she'd been stripping since she was 16 um, to earn money because she was here uh, um, illegally from another country. And, and I, you know, I just, I sat and I was with her and I listened to her and, and I said, well, what did your friend say? And she said, oh, I loved watching me roll up into school in my pimp's Mercedes. So there's some conversations for us to have for uh, a group of children to think it's okay for one of their friends to be trafficked. There's some conversations for us to have. with our children about really the value of themselves and the value of their body and their self-worth. Because that's really what gets killed in this lifestyle is, is their value. They don't get their value. Um, and so the documentary, it's a docufilm actually, the docufilm actually takes you through the process of how this young girl's recruited and really leaves you in a space of wanting to take an action And that's what we're about is we're really about having parents have conversations with their children, having friends, having teenagers and preteens be aware of what the signs are. So if there's a friend that might be exhibiting some of these, they can just let them know they're here, you know, for teachers and educators and parents to know what to look for and actually create a plan of action. If either someone's being recruited or someone is already in this lifestyle, how to safely get them out of it. 
because um, you know the threats and coercion is real. I, I have a friend that's a survivor, and and she goes around and travels around the country sharing. And she was literally left for dead downtown Detroit. A uh, lady of the evening found her, called the police, put her in the back of the police car, drove her home, and the next day they killed her dog because they were watching her house and they saw a police car drive her home. So some of these threats are real. I've had several of, of the people that I know that are survivors, they were beaten to the edge of death. They have knives held at their throats. They have guns held to their heads. This is a frightening, frightening business, and people don't know the implications of it, not to mention less than 5% of the young girls and young boys and men and women that are rescued off the street go into any kind of normal life. So it's, you know, 90 plus percent of the money that we spend in rehab, in rescuing them, in saving them is for naught. They go right back into that lifestyle. So paving the way is really about preventing this through education, empowering our children such that they don't get sucked into this lifestyle. And what we need to realize, at such a young age, they are so impressionable that mm-hmm. sadly, it's understandable why they go back into it. They've been, I Absolutely. think, so damaged in that way, they can't see themselves any other way. Exactly. Right. So it's important. Oh, we can't even stress how critically important it is to have these conversations, to have this awareness, to really work at the prevention end of this so that we don't even have to go down the other side of the path. But the way to do that is to have these conversations, to become informed ourselves. You have a great website that's going to really open us up to all the tools that you have to offer, Jan. Thank you. Yeah, stoptraffickingtoday.com. And right on the home page, you can click on it and you can download a one sheet that shows the signs of trafficking. I've got a video blog about recruitment tactics under underneath blogging, and then we also have um, a audio clip from my telesummit from an officer of the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. So there's all kinds of great tools on our website because we're really committed. People have access to what they need to learn about this to have the conversations. And one of the things that we're doing this um, uh, later on this fall, this year, is I'm actually taking a film and traveling across country. Um, I'm stopping at colleges and high schools and communities from here all the way to California uh, to show my film and to educate the students and the parents and the teachers about what this is and how it happens and what they can do to prevent it. And here you are, one woman who has had this Mm -hmm. passionate idea, and look what you have been able to create, and you're wanting to share it. No one has to actually go out and create their own model. This is so simple to tap into and really participate in. Exactly, and that's the whole goal, is we really do want to make it simple. And, you know, I invite, I, I love coming out and, and, and speaking with people. I, I love, you know, interacting with the, with the audience because we show the film and it leaves people in a space. And then we have a conversation and, and, and we have a similar conversation in the training, but it's really for people to do the critical thinking because I'm just one person. I don't have all the solutions. I don't. And so we really invite and engage with the audience to have them think about what would you do if you were at a party 
and you watch somebody put something in somebody else's drink, and you might not even be their friend. Like, they may be the popular crowd, and you're not that. What would you do? And really have them think about it so they actually have a plan of action versus seeing it and freezing and not knowing what to do. Because we really want to empower people and give you the tools to take an action, a meaningful action that can make a difference and save a life. The thing is, this is sadly too real. It is happening. So to mm-hmm. think, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe we should do that. No, this is like it's happening. It's our kids, as you were saying so appropriately, so correctly, Jan. These are our future. You know, we, mm-hmm. we can't afford to waste even one young life. Mm-mm. No, we really can't. You know, there's one of the national statistics is there's approximately 1.2 million children that run away every year. And over half of them have performed some sort of sexual act for either food, shelter, or transportation. That's staggering to think about that. You know, when a child runs away, the, the potential for them to be sucked into that lifestyle is very high. Because you think it's a good idea until you get out on the street and realize, well, it's cold. Where am I going to stay? I'm hungry. Where am I going to eat? And these predators know this. And they try and befriend you and, oh, I'll take care of you. You can sleep on my couch. It'll all be okay. And the next thing you know, you're turning tricks. And that's really the important piece is, you know, a lot of children run away because their home life is not optimal. And so it's really having parents get their responsibility that they brought this child into the world, you know, for the next 18 years, it's our responsibility. I'm a parent. It's our responsibility to have them be functioning people in society. And there's tools everywhere. You know, churches have tools. Um, YMCAs have tools. There's, you know, almost every single community college in in, um, middle school, elementary school, and high school has parenting classes. So there's resources out there to help us deal with what it takes to be a parent. Because it does take something. <laughs> so, you know, to be able to give the parents the tools that provides a safe environment for our children to thrive, super important. And to be able to have this kind of knowledge and education so they can have that kind of conversation with their child. And even if you're an older sibling and, and you're listening to this and you can share this with your younger siblings, you know, it really is a family and community effort for us to save our kids. Absolutely. And to realize that, again, it's not something that you have to do in isolation. The community is becoming so much more aware, which is so important. We can really band together and really do this together. It will make the task easier. It really will. And, you know, you've got some great resources up there in Seattle. So, um, you know, you can always call the National Trafficking Hotline. That number, again, is... 888-3737, 888-3737. And Seattle actually has, um, it's Seattle Against Slavery. So there's several organizations in your area that people can reach out to, too. Actually, your advocacy day is January 11th, (laughs) coming up this weekend. Yes. And and that's what is so important to realize is that... you're across in Florida, we're mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. and we're talking about 
this happening all over the country. So we mm-hmm. are a united force. We need to look at that as being a team together to really confront this and really save our youth, save our kids. Yes, yes absolutely. That's, you know, it's educating them, empowering them to prevent them from being lured into this life. Exactly. That's our goal. That's our goal. And they are more than welcome to visit StopTraffickingToday.com and download our free resources. You can also reach out to me and say, yes, please come talk to our kids. You can send us an email right from our website. You can also follow us on social media, Paving the Way on Facebook and Paving the Way FL on Twitter and Paving the Way on Instagram. All great resources. Mm-hmm, absolutely. As you have been this morning, Jan Edwards, I so greatly appreciate you. You are just such a light in this world and really to inspire us and let us see what each of us can do. This has truly been an inspiration. Thank you so much for your work and for spending time with us this morning. Thank you so much, Kate, for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it.